Can your ministry really spark a global movement? Well, our guest today is proof that if you take what God has given you and put it out into the world, the reach can go around the world. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry Podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have it? Because tattoo that needs is to it brings in itself and then opens. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want you to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hans. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today, as always, that we have some great content for you. But before we get there, you know what to do. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube that you subscribe to the channel. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you share it because you're somebody who needs uh, to be edified, empowered by this content. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you subscribe and then share it with someone. All right. Also, make sure that if you're on a podcasting platform, you leave us some rating and review. It helps others to find the podcast. All right. So listen, uh, while back, I had another podcast, the Ideas to Life podcast, and I did an interview with this guest, the guest that we're going to bring on today. And that was one of the most powerful interviews I've done. In fact, we made it a two-part series, and my children even loved it. They had a little joke on that one um, because as we were doing the interview, this person was having breakfast, so we called it Breakfast with BJ. Uh, so our guest today, I'm going to bring him on. Today he is... Um, BJ, welcome to the podcast, my brother. Ooh, let me unmute you. My bad. Welcome to the podcast, my brother. Thank you. It only works when you unmute me. How you doing today, I brother? Know. I'm doing great, man. Let me give you a proper introduction so the folks know who you are. BJ is a life coach. He's a speaker. He's an author. Recently released book, Awake a Better, Awaken a Better You. It's right behind him. And he's helped to launch one of the largest faith movements in recent history, the 116 Movement with Grammy Award-winning artist Lecrae. A lot of us have been uh, rocking with 116 for a long time. BJ is one of the founders of that movement. He's also worked to expand groundbreaking racial reconciliation work with schools, with prisons, juvenile facilities, churches, and nonprofits. And BJ's work with tens of thousands of individuals and couples all over the world, helping them experience personal professional, and relational growth. Currently, BJ serves as the executive director for Build a Better Us. Listen, BJ, there's so much more I could say about you, my brother. I just want to let people know, buckle your seatbelts. You're going to get a lot out of this podcast today. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me today. I'm super excited about it. Thank you for the warm introduction. Yes, sir. Listen, BJ, I said a lot about you. Author, speaker, movement maker, What's one thing about B.J. Thompson that people would be surprised to find out? I love long walks on the beach. Um, let me see. Uh, one thing that you would be surprised to know about me, um, I used to be a lifeguard. Um, one of my, I swim really well. You know, I'm a melanated brother, but I swim really, really well. And I've actually won a few awards uh, as a lifeguard. So, yeah, that's something you probably would not know about me. I didn't know that. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. So if I'm ever planning to go swimming, man, I need to make sure I got someone like you close well, you by. You need bro. to call another life going. I said I used to be a lifeguard. 
I said, I used to be one. Now that I am. I used to be one. Now, for people, now, this is interesting because I heard you say this, but I want you to repeat this. For people who know 116, they know Lecrae, they're familiar with the music part of it. I remember you saying, uh, well, I'll just ask you this. Tell us about your musical talents and, and giftings. Yeah, I have zero. I can't play the piano. Hey, I probably can play the kazoo. Remember the kazoo? Yeah. I can play the kazoo or something like that. I don't have any of it, man. I don't have any musical talents, none of that. I really, I can't I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. Um, I've, always, I've always experienced like the background and love culture of music. So, yeah. Well, tell us how did you, you, we talk about 116 and we've seen the impact across the world. Sure. Tell us about the, the the early genesis of that ministry. Yeah. So, you know, when I look at my life, I'm a Dallas native, not a cowboy fan or hater. Um, my my earliest upbringing uh, were around hip hop, right? I remember my first shootout. I was eight, seven years old. I was at T Bazaar, which is a huge, you know, kind of deal in Dallas. And I was at an Onyx concert. Uncle Luke was there. Onyx was there. And hip hop was a way to express the culture in the community that was over that was not seen, right? Um, so I grew up, you know, as I grew up, went to the University of North Texas, and I began to have this wrestle with my faith, where a lot of who I was becoming, I wanted to become, you know, essentially just kind of this cool, you know, club promoter, you know, kind of like somebody that's DJ, all those different things. And but I still had this thing where I wanted to be right with God. I had this desire to want to be right with God. And as my life started to come to the end of itself, or what I imagined for my life began to come to the end of itself, my life in faith began to start. Right. And that journey took me into um, redirecting who I was becoming, where I wanted to lead people. Right. But, initially wanted to lead them more to my status and fame, I realized that people were best led into the, the author of life, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I began to kind of go on that journey, I was on the college campus, I ran this guy one day, had a stocking cap on his head in the weight room. And I was like, what's your name? And he said, my name is okay. I said, I've heard of you before, right? And I asked him, I said, what are you doing? I said, you look lost. <laughs> right, his shock look on his face. Like, wait, I, you know me, you know me, dude. Yeah, it's pretty, and, pretty bold. Yeah, it was. I grew up in a gang neighborhood, so and it actually started our relationship. We actually became good friends after that. Um, he and I got an invite to work at a juvenile facility, and I asked him one day. I said, "Man, you want to go with me? I'm, I'm going to work with some kids." We went. He said, "Absolutely." He worked with once with. Mm. We went to go work with some children, 40 kids, for four years straight, man, every day. All we did was love on them, serve them, took them on some, you know, little uh, furloughs, everything else for four years straight. Within that four years, after four years, we moved from serving 40 kids to influencing millions of people across the world. Wow. And so, you know, a lot of that kind of that genesis of it had nothing to do with music. It actually had to do with Ministry had to do with serving others and redirecting them towards true life and true freedom. I love that, BJ. And I think it's important for people to know sometimes you see people in one season, right? You see the stages, yep. you see all of that stuff, but you don't recognize the genesis of this. And for a lot of us on here, 
you know, you may ask, what, what, I sh- what should I be doing, man? It's like, serve. Where, right. where, where's God called you to serve in this season? Right. How could you be faithful to that calling? So, That's right, yeah. I mean, even just that, just to that point, you know, that was 40 kids, mm-hmm. right? That was a little bit less than 40 kids, and we just served. And that kind of was the point. The point is, be faithful with what is in front of you. Don't look for the fame. Just be faithful with what you have in front of you. Yeah. So 116, that movement really started impacting people. Um, mm-hmm. But even in the midst of that, right, this podcast is Monetize Your Ministry. Was there yep. a point where where there was a wrestling with, hey, we're serving. How how, how are we going to be selling something that we're serving? <laughs> at the same? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, fu- yeah. you feel me? Yeah, yeah. No, that came quick. I mean, you know, this <laughs> okay. you do a ministry, you know, really quickly. All of a sudden, invoices come. What did Jay-Z say? Everybody's a boss until the invoices come, right? So <laughs> when you start seeing those invoices coming in, you know, you, you're first doing it out of your the purity of your heart, just the intention of your heart. And you realize quickly you need resources to continue. Mm-hmm. And so for us, you know, what we did initially was the great would actually travel all over and do concerts. He and Dashi talked about this, you know, car got caught on fire or whatever. And we ended up starting a thing called Reach Life. So yep. Reach Life is our way of funding the ministry to be able to serve people. And I remember, I'll never forget this. We had really no idea on what we were going to do. Um, much of what we were going to do was, you know, first we were going to just ask for donations and realize, man, ultimately we need to ask people to get behind something. And so we started, you know, creating curriculum. We created a curriculum called 13 Letters. Uh, which was about the 13 Pauline epistles, and it was a CD, and it was a book, and it was a thing. And it was actually the first curriculum that I was a part of helping kind of organize. And then we said, man, we should sell this. And so I think for us, you know, when you come into this desire to want to be in ministry, but you have a clear plan or infrastructure, you kind of caught off guard with the resource part, right? You kind of caught off guard with the the need to have something that you sell or an idol because that wasn't your heart. Your heart was to start a ministry, start a church, help people. You were never starting. You were, you were not thinking about starting a business. Um, right. That really is the critical piece. Yeah. Listen, I, you know, I, I go back to, it was 2005 or six. I went to a conference Ooh. in California and I remember a friend of mine, um, call out his name, his name is Estes Taylor. He was like, yo, there's this guy named Lecrae. There's these guys, um, 116. I remember Lecrae did this, um, Larry Acosta did a uh, conference. I went to that. I, I heard, and then I started just following you guys, want, um, the 13 letters. And then you guys were in Memphis, right? And then yeah. moved to Atlanta. But it was just something about how you guys worked as a team. And there was just this yeah. team spirit. And I don't know, I just feel impressed to ask, talk about that, just how you guys, we all young people, just kind of mm-hmm. building a ministry, building a brand, but also working as a team together. That's a great question. So, you know, I, I mentioned that we kind of started, our relationship started at a university. You mm-hmm. know, I was actually talking to a friend today and we were talking about some of the genesis of, of many of our relationships, our diverse adult relationships, didn't happen in our community or family, they happened in college. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think sometimes for us, 
for adults, the first time you're able to make clear cognitive choices about your relationships happens when you're away from home and you're away from family and it's in college, right? Mm -hmm. And so many of us had chosen at the age of 19, 21, 22 years old that we were going to center a lot of our life on our faith. And that meant now we were in community with each other, right? We weren't just friends, we were brothers and sisters. And then that meant like figuring out what that meant. Uh, you know, how do we flow every day, day to day, from going on trips to creating products, creating programs. And so it wasn't necessarily even something we planned. It was just, as you grow day to day to build new relationships around these eternal truths or these spiritual, spiritual formation, how do you have habits that are consistent with that relationship? And then what are those rhythms? And so uh, when a group of us went to move to Memphis, it was kind of our first serious, first serious point of um, call to action outside of the bubble. Right? So we said, man, we live in this small suburban community. that's a college community. What if we took this passion, this zeal and these this desire and we moved it to a larger city. That's what Memphis was, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we still needed guidance, right? And so shout out to one of our mentors, Sue Campbell, um, mm -hmm. big time, you know, mentors. Um, we were part of a church community. So we didn't just move ourselves into a new city. We moved into a new community where there were elders, um, where there were mentors, and there were people who were very busy um, creating ministry so that we could then understand for the first time and learn our own rhythm. Wow, it's good stuff, man. You know, I moved to Memphis in 2012, man. Y'all left before I came. Oh. I came, I moved a little too late, man. But you guys definitely <laughs> left an impact in that city. Now, I wanna, I wanna talk about Build a Better Us. So 116 is happening and you, you've worked there. And where, where does the idea for build a better us and that passion and that interest of enrich and reconciliation and relationships come from? That's a great question. So remember I told you I was a Dallas native. I, I did not mention it. I grew up uh, with the father who had dropped out of school in 10th grade and a mother who had me at 17 years old. Um, that drastically shaped my idea of the world. Um, you know, growing up, with a teen mom, you know, I look at my daughter, I have a daughter right now, as of right now, she's 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I remember when she turned 16 and a thought quietly came to my mind. This is the age my mother was when she conceived me. My mother was 16 years old when she had me. Uh -huh. She was carrying me at 16. She birthed me at 17 years old, right? And as I was kind of watching my daughter and thinking, how much would a mom at this age be able to offer me, I thought, this is my mother. This is what my mother would have been in, right? She would have had this much of life. Do I trust my daughter <laughs> to raise a kid? No, I would not trust her to raise a kid. I realized that's my life, right? And so it was my life. I recognized that I was only as equipped as my parents were. My parents were barely equipped. So when I left out of the neighborhood and moved to an hour away, I had my first awakening. I realized that I didn't know anything outside of the neighborhood. And so truthfully, Build a Better Us came, you know, as I was beginning to understand who I was, right? We knew what the music was. 
because we could see it taking off. We saw people getting tattoos everywhere. We saw people growing. And I think that a lot of times people thought that I was um, just like a wingman or a hype man or something. Like I don't think people really took seriously that I was like the heartbeat of something. Mm-hmm. And so actually when um, Lecrae, being Washington, who's been the CEO, co-founders of Reach Records, um, actually when they moved to Atlanta, you know, a lot of people were like, I remember sitting down over coffee with a guy, with a guy who was a board member. I'll never forget this moment. We've been traveling, touring, talking, everything else for years. And I will never forget this moment. They all moved to Atlanta to go pursue music and to expand what they're doing. This is 2009. This is the summer of 2009. And I will never forget, we're sitting over a cup of coffee. He looks at me. And where I'm just kind of talking casually, he says, I need to be honest with you. What do you actually do? Right? <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I think in that moment, I realized I had, I was too close to art, creativity, and music to have understood my value worth apart from music. And so for the next few years, I think what began to become clear was that outside of the churches, outside of the nonprofits, outside of the music, I had this gift for growth and development, right? Mm. And that happened actually in Memphis. It actually became undeniable in Memphis. Uh, people from all over the city would come to my house. People from all over the city would come to my events. People were all from all over the city and there was no platform that was built. It was a platform that, that I was building. And so Build a Better Us really was initially kind of a, it was a formative way to understand that work, right? Again, you have so many activities, so many things going on at the same time. All we knew at the moment that it was about growth and development and families. We did not understand that there was a movement of growth and development with people and individuals as well that will mm-hmm. create kind of that whole person, whole family, professional, personal development. And so as I began to do things, I began to speak. I remember the first time I spoke, I remember everybody's jaws dropped. Right? And I remember people being like, oh, my God, I had no idea. That's what you were thinking. Oh, my God, I had no idea you were that good of a communicator. So I did more of it. Right? So then I traveled all over the world by myself. So now it's not me on a stage with someone doing music. It's just me with a lapel on, mic'd up, communicating, truth, mm-hmm. formation, development, stories. And so out of that, Build a Better Us really just kind of came. It came as a result of me being consistent, growing, developing, and then being introspective about the fact that, truthfully, I'm really just a coach, right? Right. I'm a coach. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. And I have this unique gift of development that helps people flourish in all seasons. Man, okay, we gotta talk about this. I love this. Man. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why I love this. Right? One, you said I have the gift of development and growth. Yeah. Right. And somebody's mm-hmm. watching this. We talk about ministry, monetizing ministry. So, okay, I understand mm-hmm. selling a CD. Right. I get that. Right. Like that's we we know. I made a, I make some music. I sell the mm-hmm. CD. Now you still have folks who be like, man, just. Use your talents for free. But I think we've passed that stage of mm-hmm. paying artists, right? Even our local musicians, mm-hmm. whatever. 
But when we talk about growth and development, isn't that like I think for a lot of people, we struggle with the packaging of that in a way that the marketplace sees value. Mm-hmm. You're right, right. So it's like, how do I package that? How do I package growth and development? Is that something I just just mentor me? Right. That's free. Mm-hmm. How did you first begin packaging it in a way, right? In a way that people could right. say, "Let me pay you for that." Yeah. No. First and foremost, I did not know that was my gift, mm-hmm. right? So I think the first thing to say is, and I thought I think people thought I was a fluke. I literally think people believe when they heard me say I started one of the largest faith movements in recent history. I think people actually believe that was like a lie, mm. right? So when it became a clear delineation or distinction between myself and music, people believe, again, if it's true, it's a stop, right? So if I am just a junky, flunky, whatever, mm-hmm. the moment I separate from the thing that actually makes me who I am, it's going to, to stop and actually expand it further, multiply all over the world. So people are like, I have no idea who the guy is and where he what he does. <laughs> one of the things, right? It's like, what the heck? So one thing that the first thing I think needed to happen is I had to start taking risks to understand my rewards. Right. So I had to know who I was. I had no clue, no clue who I was apart from just being someone with zeal and passion and ministry. So I had to start taking risks. I had to start putting on events conferences, galas. Um, I had to start writing down, you know, thoughts and ideas, sermons. I had to start writing and dialogue with folks and then trying things. Mm. And then the more I did certain things, the more without effort, people would say, oh man, you're really good at that. Oh man, that was amazing. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. And I just took inventory of what that was. Um, I think the moment I turned a corner was when I stopped playing it safe with the safety nets and I stopped trying to run to the conventional institutions that I believed were going to be my supporters. And the moment I said, you know, Tony Robbins has this statement. He says, if you want to take an island, burn the ships, right? Mm -hmm. I had to bet on me. I had to fully or 100% bet on myself. I would, you know, again, I would give a caveat. I wish I would have created a better plan for how I was going to do it. But I just bet fully on me. I bet this, that even though I was part of these massive institutions, that I was gifted and anointed enough to do it on my own. Right? So part of what I needed was I needed something to sell to the market. I needed a book, I needed an e-course, I needed something, I need merch, right? And one, one, one thing that was very helpful, has been helpful is meeting with consultants, right? I've had tons of, you know, whiteboards, consultants, um, business plan, you know, developers come in like in, investigate who I am. And, you know, one thing that came out on one of my, Con, uh, consultation that I paid for was you have presence, you don't have a product, right? And so I knew I had presence everywhere I go. I did not have a product, right? So I was like, oh, I need to build a product. So maybe it's a t-shirt. Maybe it's a hat. Maybe it's a whatever. 
But then as I continue to grow, one of the business evaluation says that your, your value proposition or your marketplace value proposition is that you are like life expert. That's all mm-hmm. I need to see. Once I figured out that I was a life expert, now it's about packaging. Now it's a book. Mm-hmm. Now it's network. Mm-hmm. Now it's coaching. Right? Now it's courses. Right? Now, now it's me communicating life a presentation i am a life expert oh that's my value proposition and so i had to seek outside help to see what was in in order to understand my business my business and my marketplace value and i had to stop allowing the thing that i coincidentally was a part of find my marketplace value so i was around church folks pastors so every time i communicated would say you are a teacher Mm -hmm. right you are a pastor or you are a mentor, you're this. That's not, that's only within that institution. In the marketplace, I'm actually a coach, Mm. right? So it was like, I had to make that clear distinction in my mind that yes, I love people. Yes, I love to serve, but I don't necessarily have to serve within a religious institution, right? So when I go into the marketplace, I'm more of a coach than I am a pastor. It's just that my skills can both transcend both worlds, show me how I want to do it. That is so good, BJ. BJ Thompson is our guest today in the Monetize Your <laughs> Ministry podcast. And as BJ is just sharing, think about this. There are people who are thinking, man, I have this gift. I'm using it in the church. And this is the only place I can use it, right? I'm stuck here, right? And you're saying, listen, the God who gave it to you, allows you the opportunity to use it in other spaces and other places and there's value in the marketplace, right? And so I heard there's so many things you said, right? Begin trying something, putting stuff out there, experimenting, using right. it, using your gifts. And then you paid for, 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 for people to help you to get some clarity and to define what that offering was. BJ, I, I remember follow, we, we follow each other on Twitter. Um, I am a I'm a mess and yet deeply love that tweet. Right. That tweet got viral and became a T-shirt. Right. And I a told hoodie, people Mer- a hoodie, <laughs> a T-shirt, uh, everything yeah. came a theme. Listen, right. I realized that what I, I had presence and not a product and that every time I would say that it would go viral. Yeah. So I'm like, man, and I had a good friend who was like, bro, you say this, this goes viral. Why did you have a t-shirt? Why did yeah. you? And it was just that I was not seeing myself as somebody who needed to create products, as someone who was a business. I saw myself as somebody who just loved God and wanted to serve people. And so I think that mental switch is you cannot be afraid to invest in yourself. Man, listen. The best thing that ever happened, and you said mentoring is free, not good mentoring. Mm. Good coaching is not free. That's true. Good mentoring is not free. Mm-hmm. You may look up and find a, an incredible mentor, mm-hmm. but even that's not free. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you maximum effort. It's going to cost you something significant. And so what I'm saying to you is, one of the things I had to stop saying was, oh, I mean, that, this is like a scam. Well, I've been scammed before. I went to college. I paid for a degree. 
that didn't necessarily pay for anything that I had in my life. So that's a scam. I paid tens of right. thousands of dollars for a degree, right? So right. I'm not afraid to pay for a course anymore. I'm not mm. afraid to pay for coaching anymore. I'm not afraid to, to pay to join a network. I'm not afraid to pay for those things anymore because I am the asset. I am the asset. If I see me as the asset, I'm willing to invest in the outset to get the outcome. And so one of the things that shifted in my mindset was if I believe that God has a plan for me and a vision for me, then I need to invest in me to birth that vision. Otherwise, I'm going to be operating out of intuition, instinct. And, you know, there's a the, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man in the end leads death. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm not even I'm not even surrendering this to a multitude of counselors. It says there's a safety. Proverbs 18.1. A man who seeks his own judgment, his own wisdom, isolates himself, seeks his own judgment, his wisdom, right? And he multi he rebels against a multitude of counselors. So that means that I have to submit my dream, the thing I feel like God gave me, to a multitude of counselors. Sometimes yeah. that's a coach if you can't find a mentor, right? Yeah. And so the big distinction for me was I had to get out of this. I I got this thing I want to do, but I'm scared. But I'm Man, you know what? Just start trying it. Yeah. And the further along you get into and you get stuck, you realize I need help. I need coaching. I need consulting. And that's where Coach BJ Thompson comes in. That's there you go. You, huh? Available everywhere, wherever sold, wherever books are sold. I love it, man. I love it. Listen, so <laughs> I'm going to tell you, a few years ago, my wife and I were always on a quest to get healthy. I mean, I was like, my guy BJ got the 45 day challenge. Man, talk about that, right? So, merch. did y'all do it? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We got our meal plan. So we did lose weight. Um, I remember it helped us. This is what this is what I'll tell you. I did BJ's forty-five day challenge. It's a health challenge, and what it did help me to recognize is, man, how much sugar was in stuff and what was in my food. Like you had us, man. Like go look at what was in the food that we were getting. To make sure it was like I was surprised the stuff that I thought, oh man, this is just um, you know pretty natural. It's pretty and the, the 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 very complicated names on the back of some of those packages. I was like, right. man, I got to find something else. So what that did and and the exercise plan was very simple, you know, just simple things to do, and it we it produced results. And so kudos to you, shout out to you. Talk about the even that built your journey of putting health out there because that seemed a little bit different than the stuff you were doing, but it's connected. Yeah. yeah and that's the part of holistic growth, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. part of holistic growth is mind, body, soul. Mm. Um, you know, we learn a very compartmentalized view of life, especially people in the faith. They just learn a very like spirit, overly spiritualized view of life. And so what I realized, recognized after my dad had a stroke and passed away, I recognized just how flawed that view was, right? Um, I realized how hard, you know, I mean, again, the consequences are steep, right? Because you're only thinking about spirituality and calling and all these different things. You're not realizing that you have high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking through the fact that you know, you are a diabetic, you're pre-diabetic. Like there's a lot of different things that are happening in the mix of all of this. And so what I would say is when I began to write this course, 
I started to see we are not incorporating the mental, the physical, and the spiritual aspects of life that would allow us to not just survive, but for us to thrive. Mm -hmm. So I wrote the course. I wrote a 45-day course, right? So the course you, you went through, I wrote. I realized that part of this coaching is not just writing books and speaking, it's writing courses. And courses that help regular individuals have an experience to transform life. And what the irony of it is, I think, you know, the trainers and other people in my life, when they saw that I was writing a course on health, I think it felt very intimidating because I wasn't, I'm not a health trainer, I'm not a physical trainer. Mm -hmm. like that. I had mastered the principles enough so I could see the connection between the mind, body, and the soul. And now I probably have sold, man, maybe five, more than 5,000 of those courses. Yeah. yeah. So I've helped more than 5,000 people. Yeah. All right. Transform their life. I'm pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. right, man. I mean, the, no, listen, the it helped us. It helped us, and man, you got testimonials upon testimonials of people. Listen, just tell, uh, just tell Show Baraka that that thing don't make you jump over an offense. All right. <laughs> I was like, bro, don't try to jump over an offense at the age you're at in flip flops, man. Don't do that. Oh, he fell so hard and flipped. That was hilarious, man. Yeah, that was yeah, hilarious. Um, yeah. But again, once I realized that my coaching, again, marketplace value, life expert, that means I'm to something in life. Mm -hmm. I can write a course on it. I can write a book on it. And it's because it's written out of real experience and real pain. So my yeah. purpose is derived from my pain. If yeah. I have real pain, I can write something really well around it, and it just helps people because I'm going step by step on what they need to do. BJ, I'm loving this, man. Listen, so you package this stuff, and this is where a lot of people get stuck, right? So you're going to relate yeah. to this. Marketing and sales, man. This just feels so worldly, man. It feels so, and for a lot of us, it feels uncomfortable. I'm putting myself out there, you know, and, and a lot of Fear of rejection, fear of talk about okay, I, I got the product, which some people can do that, but the marketing, how do I get it out there and just overcoming some of my mental blockage to put it out there? Talk about that a little bit. And how did you do it? Yeah, so first and foremost, you need help. If that's not your thing, you need help. I mean, I have no problem recruiting and hiring help. Uh, one of the things that's changed for me dramatically over this time is recognizing my own weaknesses. If I don't like doing copyright, I need to hire somebody to do copyright. If mm. I struggle to do visuals and great posts, I need to hire somebody to do visuals and great posts. If I struggle to you know, create ver um, clear and compelling vertical, vertical testimonies, I need to hire somebody to do that. I have no problem asking for help. And I think that we think that pride is talking about what you do when really pride is not asking for help when you need it. So a lot of us are more prideful than what we even realize. We're not asking for help. It's clear that we're stuck. It's clear we need a coach. Go to buildabetterus.com. <laughs> Free coaching conversation, right? Pick up making a better you. You can uh, sold everywhere. Audible, Target, Walmart, Barnes & Nobles, wherever sold, you can pick, pick up the book. It's clear we need help, but we're not, we don't have the courage to ask it. 
And so I think the first step is just having courage. I think the second thing is if you feel uncomfortable, pursue someone who has proof of concept to create a plan. Right. So now you need consultants. You have to delegate. You have to go find someone to give you a plan. Maybe it's a rollout plan. Maybe it's a it's a funnel. Right. Like there's different things that you need. And so what I personally did when I finally saw, man, I have this product. I started actually my first course was the 45 day challenge mm-hmm. that I was seriously moving and selling. And I sat with a consultant. I called a friend who built out funnels. She built it out. And then she said, it's going to cost you X amount of thousands of dollars to get this built out. So I paid her. I paid their team to build out a funnel to automate my course. Now what people go through, it's a beautiful course. Goes through, people go through it. But because I was not afraid to invest in myself. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to the marketing piece, it's not just about what people say about your product. It's about you building in, like you investing in you enough um, to where you can delegate those tasks to people who are good at what they do, especially if you feel like you only have enough to build out the product. BJ, I love that, man. He sounds like the answer is not just a how, it's it's a who. And that who Sorry. might be somebody to give you a plan and then somebody to execute that plan in ways that you're not good at. So that's a good tip. Yes, sir. Man, so BJ, you've been in business with Build a Better Us for how many years now? Five. Okay. If you can go back... F- Five years. And by the way, I remember when you were doing conferences, things on yeah. marriage. Um, go back five years and talk to that BJ Thompson. What advice Ooh. would you give him now? If I could talk to five years ago, BJ, this is what I would say. Keep the course. It's going to get better. Um, you do have to burn the boats, but you have to create the plan. The plan is what guides how you move, and it allows you to flow through this smoothly. Um, you're going to need people. There's no way around that. If you got a God's vision, you're going to need God's people involved, and you're going to have to delegate to those people. Um, also, the humility to be a learner is going to be key. You don't know because you're not supposed to know, mm-hmm. right? You're supposed to understand um what that means you're going to have to experience things that could feel very challenging and very hard but that's a part of the process and then here's the thing you don't know that your breakdown is going to be a breakthrough Hmm. you know eventually that's going to be a breakthrough and it's going to bless people in ways that you could not imagine and so i i think that bj i would just tell him draw out the plan take the risk but learn how to trust others. You're going to need other people, coaches, consulted, peers. You're going to need them more than what you ever imagined before. So oh, that's that's good, man. That's good. BJ, I, I want to just let you know, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm proud. I'm cheering you on. I look at your website and I'm seeing it's not just BJ, man. You got a team around you, brother. So I'm just ex- I love it. I love it. All right, somebody's watching this. I usually in this way. Let me see if I shift this a little bit. Somebody's watching this and is scared. Like, dude, I got something. I got ministry. I'm helping people. I'm scared. Talk to that person. I'm going I'm to spotlight you. Talk to that person. Just give them some words that, are, that, are, that, that you believe 
God needs them to hear to move the ministry into the marketplace? Yeah, first and foremost, you know, you being scared is a natural feeling. I, was, I remember watching a segment from Kobe Bryant about fear and how Kobe believed that fear is something that needs to go through you, that you don't need to try to stop it. You need to just allow it to flow through you. And so what I want to say to you, first and foremost, is that fear is a natural part of existing, living, being a human being. What I would also say to you is do what you can and then ask for help. Um, a lot of people are waiting for some magical bullet or some magical answer. The truth of the matter is do what you can and now go seek help. But seek help from people who have what we call proof of concept. They have a proven track record of helping people either organize, structure, or execute the thing that you specifically want to do. As you do that, you're going to find that this thing that was just a seed begins to become a little plant, a small tree, a middle-sized tree, and then a big tree. Yeah. And as you close that out, what you'll realize is that the whole time that you've been scared, God's been birthing in you something that you never could have imagined, you never could have seen before. I love it, brother. I love it. Listen, I always, I'm, I'm, you speak to, in ways that resonate with me. And so I want to thank you for that. BJ, tell the folks who are watching, tell the folks who are listening to this podcast how they can get more info on Build a Better Us, the resources, um, the things that you have, and how they can connect with you. So first of all, give us your website so folks can go check it out. Sure. sure. Go to bj-thompson.com, and you can check out the book. You can check out my uh, my free webinar. I'm going to host a crazy uh, webinar that can't, that's right, bj-thompson. So that, there you go. You got it. I see that. I got a little, got a little, got a little something here. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. You can also pick up a copy of the book. I would just tell you, pick it up at Audible audiobooks, um, Walmart, Target, wherever books are sold. And nice. pick up a copy of my book, right? You can also check out the Build a Better Us podcast. You'll hear me on, on that podcast. We're actually in the process of launching a new season. I'm super excited about that. So we're, nice, we're back nice. to podcasting. So we're doing just what you guys are doing. Um, and the last thing is, again, if you want coaching, personal coaching, um, go to buildabetterus.com. Click coaching um, and then book your free consultation. We'll connect with you, um, hear your story, your narrative, where you are, um, and then begin to see how we can partner with you and help you move along your journey. BJ, you got a social that they can follow with social media platform. You want them to, uh, on Twitter. BJ116, right? Yep, at BJ116. All right, got you, man. Listen, our guest today. BJ Thompson, I told you I was going to be a good good episode. This is one that you got. You you cannot listen to this and not share this with a friend. If you don't share this with a friend, you're not a friend. All right, That's that, that person is not you, that that person not your friend. But listen, BJ, I appreciate you, my brother. And for those of you on here, man, take this inspiration, take all the stuff you get here, and go take your ministry out into the marketplace and increase your income and your impact. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's 
www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.